You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome to Sharing Socks after a little three-week hiatus while Will was busy producing a short film that all of you will come to know and love in about two years when it finally comes <laughs> and is out on the uh, film festival circuit. I am Southside Sox duty geezer Lee Allen, with me, my son and West Coast correspondent, Will. And for those of you doing audio but not video, behind him is a Marcus Semyon in White Sox gear, cut off at around chin level, which is about what the chances are of getting the entire <laughs> Marcus Simeon. It's a um, uh, it's a semi White Sox. It's a semi Simeon, uh, <laughs> which I think is about what we will be in the market for uh, when it comes to actually getting a second baseman. Yeah, uh, you got we got a team here that cannot witness the uh, way picking up the uh, option on. Uh, our wonderful, not quite a closer person, but uh, they can't admit that they made a mistake with Craig Kimball's Craig Kimball trade. They're sure as hell not going to admit the much, much bigger mistake on Semyon and Bassett. So, um, yeah, that 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 can't be. No, no, we should have had them all in. They they can't do it. It's not going to. Plus, it would cost money, as I understand. I mean, we, it's really easy for us as White Sox fans to look at the last five years of trades and just vomit. Um, just because the Semyon and Bassett one you're talking about, of course, the Fernando Tatis. Now we've had our share of good ones and getting Moncada and Aloy. Um, but we but gave up a lot for those. We gave up a, a lot, a lot. And, Although in one Kim, case, we only Kimbrel, gave up eight. <laughs> yeah. 
Kimbrel is actually the the really tough one there, just because Hoyer and Madrigal are looking like they're going to be pretty good for quite a while, and Craig is unfortunately, I think, uh, nearing retirement. Yeah, I think that he had a few good months in there, but I, I, it just doesn't seem like much is going to happen. Meanwhile, where else are we there? Carlos Rodon, of course, did not get the uh, qualifying offer. Scott Burrows looking for multi-years. His name doesn't come up that much at the very top of the pitcher list. And that's always, uh, that's, got, that's got a couple guys way out there of particular interest. Hall of Famer persons, Scherzer, we're currently Justin Verlander for looking back and, and, and forward, maybe. Um, big moves on the pitcher front, though. Noah Syndergaard, uh, signed by the Angels. That is a really surprising Who has pitched, I think, two innings in two years? Yeah, I mean, he's he's. I think that's exactly the number. I think he's pitched about two innings in two years. And, I mean, there are a few people who have stuff like Noah Syndergaard when he's healthy. I mean, he is absolutely a top 10 pitcher in baseball when he's healthy. I'm a little surprised to see the Angels go for him at, at, at one year, $21 million. I guess that's the Angels not wanting to take a risk. I would have liked to see him get signed to the White Sox on a, a multi-year deal, even with the injury question mark, just because if he is going to be healthy, man, he is insanely yeah, horrible. He's insanely valuable. And but especially if they'll take a chance on years. his health, they're certainly going to be taking a chance on Rodon's health, and he's going, to, he's going to get a good contract before this is over, and I think it could come very soon. Oh, let's Here's, a question, though. Here's a question, though. Would you pay Carlos Rodon more than you would pay Noah Syndergaard next year? Next year, yeah. You would? Okay. Yeah. That's interesting. Uh, I, I think maybe think so. not over, over many years, but Syndergaard – it's got this thing. I mean, what what was the problem that we've talked about? Probable with Rodon wearing out at the end of the year. He'd only pitched 40 innings in the last two years. That's going to be a problem for Syndergaard in 2022. It will not necessarily be a problem for Syndergaard at any point after that. But for that first year, it's it's um, well, Steve, Stone, course, Steve Stone's my pitching guru. That first year, it's going to be rough to get much out of him uh, as far as depth of, of season goes. Yeah, totally. I, I I think I'll be surprised if we see Rodon get more than $21 million, uh for the one season. I don't know if anyone's going to gamble on him on a multi-year. Uh, but I, I'm not convinced that he will get paid more than, than that twenty-one. Also, because the Angels are the worst uh, when it comes to contracts. And uh, maybe Syndergaard's being overpaid by $15 million for, for next season. It's very possible as well. Um, one, thing, one thing that uh, one of the teams that got mentioned occasionally as a possible Rodon site was the Tigers. I think probably with them signing... Erod, uh, Eduardo Rodriguez, that's out because he's a lefty. Uh, they've probably loaded up on their big money lefties. They have a huge contract for him. Yeah, uh, there's no way they're going to sign Carlos Rodon for more than $18.5 million after just making that sign. Like, there's and Of course, the Angels were another possible landing spot for him, but he's got he's got plenty more. I think he's going to go to Seattle. That, that's, that's my guess is Seattle. I would love to see him go to Seattle. Um, 
um, if, if he's not going to stay in Chicago, just because Seattle, I think, is doing the rebuild very well. Um, and I think that would that would get us some Carlos Rodon in the playoffs next year if he were to go there. I don't think the Angels will ever go to the playoffs ever again, no matter how much <laughs> they spend on whoever. Um, but, yeah, I mean, obviously we don't want him going to the Tigers. If the Tigers had Erod, Carlos Rodon, and Carlos Correa, uh, that does not bode well for our easy division. Um, in fact, it would give me some real pause oh, about, about <laughs> running uh, running away with this division. Uh, but, yeah, go ahead. Oh, uh, I was going to go quick going back to Kimbrell. I, I think we'd agreed and, and many other commenters agreed, well, they must have a deal in place, you know, when they picked up this $16 million to throw away. Uh, the GM meetings are over. Han had his big speech at the end of the GM meetings, which basically said nothing. And they didn't have a deal. And the deals are being made. I think if there really was a deal in place to unload Kimball's contract, it would be done. Now, that doesn't mean there won't be one done, but there wasn't one in place at the time that they made that decision. I I totally agree. I think, well, here's, I'll add one more one more qualifying word, good. Uh, I think if there was a good deal to be done, it would have been done already. I think now that that hasn't happened, what we will see is eating 12 of the 16 million and getting a, you know, a, a decent outfielder, an oh, very at, at okay outfielder. Yeah. Uh, down in the minors. Cause I totally agree. If you're going to, give him that money and say, uh, you know, he's got value on the market and then he doesn't move, then I, I'm very suspicious about there ever having been uh, a real thing in place. It Incidentally, I'm, I'm reading about Syndergaard's deal here, uh, not to go back too much, but they're saying he turned down a $25 million deal from somewhere. Uh, I'd be really interested to find out where that is, but it's, it's fascinating to me that anyone would turn down more money to go play for the Angels. Um, but I guess, you know, Sh- Shohei Otani and Mike Trout, Anthony Rendon, I get why you would want to go out there. Yeah, they got, they got some sticks. But if we got, if we got people turning down 25 mil uh, for a year, I don't know who the White Sox are going to add. I don't know <laughs> who they're going to add. I really don't. It's, it's trouble. Speaking of Otani, a quick move to the the other positions. Semyon, we've talked about. We're not going to get him for second base, and and I, I really hope that uh, Mr. Gonzalez does fine out there next year. Or Leury when they bring him back after screwing him out of a million dollars to get his contract down. Um, but in right field, uh, still the talk Castellanos, Conforto. My favorite, and he is supposed to be coming out any time now. It's Seiyo Suzuki. They're, they're supposed to post him soon. I think that's a gamble we're taking. I don't. Castellanos is a, is a fine hitter. He is a terrible outfielder. <laughs> and if you have him in right and Aloy and or Andrew Vaughn in left, Luis Robert is going to be so worn down by the end of the year, he's going to weigh 118 pounds. <laughs> 
because he's going to be running from sideline to sideline, catching everything. True. Or chasing down the ones that went by those other guys. Um, yeah. And uh, Suzuki is supposed to be uh, an excellent outfielder. Apparently, all guys who play in the outfield named Suzuki are. So uh, I, I I like that. I mean, there will be other teams after him. It's not going to be, oh, the White Sox have a crack there. And usually Japanese players like the West Coast better. Uh, all oh, things yeah. Unique. But uh, that doesn't mean you know, we've had very fine Japanese players in Chicago. Uh, Absolutely. Uh, I'm, I'm looking at Suzuki's stats here. Uh, obviously, they're all – JPWL, JPCL. Um, I mean, the the numbers are great. You know, you try to think of Japanese baseball a bit more as a, a AAA comp uh, than a, a pro baseball comp. So if these numbers were coming up in the major league system in AAA, I mean, this is a, a highly desirable guy whose power seems to be on the incline. Uh, even eight, nine years into his career, nine seasons in. Um, at this point, you know, last year, it looks like there was a little bit of injury stuff going on, but still hitting around 320, 38 home runs, 88 RBIs, uh, 139 hits. Uh, that's Bunch over stolen bases. That's over uh, nine stolen bases, caught nine times, to- caught four times. Uh, that's only through 436 at bats. Uh, so that's a, that's a pretty good, I mean, that's a great triple a line. I think that's a line that would bring you up to major league baseball for sure. Uh, easily, especially 38 home runs. And think of the chant. You got to love the chant. Hey, oh, say, oh, hey, oh, say, oh, just do that one over and over and over because baseball fans aren't very imaginative. I mean, that is, yeah, I was ready to smack talk that chance a little bit, but now that I'm thinking about it, it's actually pretty good. It's actually yeah, a pretty good chant. I thought so. <laughs> I could see people getting into that. Um, I mean, obviously, this would be a, an interesting person to go for. Do I think the White Sox will? No. Uh, I think most likely he ends up in Anaheim or Seattle. Uh, it's it's quite possible Seattle won't be able to throw quite so much money at him. But I don't know that either of those teams are outfield desperate. Well, I mean, it kind of depends. Uh, I wouldn't call the Mariners anything desperate at this point. Their rebuild's going pretty well, uh, according to plan. Uh, the Angels, I mean, they're going to get Mike Trout back, but... Outside of that, you might as well keep looking for new guys because the Angels just can't get it done. I didn't mean for this to become an Angels hating podcast, but as someone who lives near the Angels and they're so disappointing, I don't even want to drive 40 minutes to go to their games. Uh, I, I'll be very, I'll be surprised if he doesn't go there. Um, but I hope he doesn't for the sake of, of baseball because when great players go to the Angels, it's just kind of a bummer. Uh, you know, we're we're looking at the possibility of never seeing Mike Trout in the World Series, which is bonkers to me. Um, and I, yeah, we'll we'll see what happens there. But in terms of second base, I don't think we've um, really made any advances on anyone in the last Rory three. Rory Gonzalez doesn't count. Romy, um, I mean, Romy. yeah. 
Uh, Romy counts. So we have a guy who exists and has played the position. Uh, so he counts as a human who has played second base. However, you know, if Romy ends up being the answer, I'll, I'll say it already. I'm happy to eat dirt on this. I would love for Romy to be good. He's charming. He seems like a nice fellow. Uh, he seems like he loves baseball. So if it ends up being Romy, that's great. But uh, and I, honestly, at this point, I think it will end up being Romy uh, slash Lurie because I don't see any of these other guys, especially now that we're starting to see some hints of where people are going to go. Uh, I, obviously, we're not going to get Marcus Semien. Uh, Corey Seager is looking extremely unlikely. Um, that probably would have been my pick uh, to try to go for Corey Seager if we were going to spend on a second baseman just because he's not a great shortstop, but he would probably be at the top of the second baseman in the American League uh, outside of Altuve in terms of, of plate production and, and defense at that point. And having him up the middle with Tim Anderson's a pretty – fiery combo, Adam Moncada at third, and that's a that's a really, really impressive infield. But, you know, especially with Correa likely going to Detroit, uh, Corey Seager might as well just buy his custom Yankees jersey with his name on it now because <laughs> yeah. he's going to New York. And You want to uh, go from second base to backup catcher? Well, we get there. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I, I don't see any of the other remotely reasonable options coming to the White Sox. Uh, I honestly think, and I know this is very defeatist and very White Sox. We'll take a break here before we go on, but, uh, I am getting the vibe that nothing's going to happen. <laughs> um, but yeah, with, with that in mind, let's just take a quick break. Uh, we'll come back and we'll we'll chat a little bit more about what what could happen in the the weeks to come, including the potential for no baseball season at all. Uh, Correct. Which is the number one prediction I'm seeing from a lot of uh, baseball experts out there. So uh, we'll be right back to talk about that because that's obviously pretty big news uh, and more. So uh, stick with us on sharing socks. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com wonder. All right, welcome back to Sharing Socks. Uh, just before the break, we kind of uh, hinted at uh, the possibility of a work stoppage, but I just want to make sure with uh, my co-host here that in terms of off-season moves, you have any anything else you want to 
look at before we talk no, about no 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 I, I, and and on the work stoppage front i'd say they have really kept this one tight there's very 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 little information coming out the things that have been thrown out there so far from either side are just stupid um, i mean there are a few very minor things you know nationally dh and stuff but as, as far as actual contractual matters this 29 and a half thing that the the owners came out with right so a guy who happens to make it to the major leagues at 19 is your slave for 10 years well paid slave but a slave for 10 years uh that that's you know instead of the current six uh, that's not going to fly you knew that if you, if they said 29 and a half or six years for the guys who don't make it till they're older that's fair so that nobody has to become a free agent at 33 when their when their value has gone way down, which does happen, um, and happens fairly often actually. Um, it certainly does, but it shouldn't happen when you're coming up at the appropriate time. I mean, it, it, if it happens because you didn't make it to the bigs till 27, 28, that's one thing. But if you make it up at 22, that's Kind of what you were supposed to do. So uh, it's a it's a pretty nasty punishment. And I think there's obviously no way that will fly. Uh, you see it in other sports. We are way more than baseball and basketball and football. We are very much getting away from uh, any sort of long team contracts whatsoever. I mean, basketball, I think eventually you're going to see all the superstars switching teams every three years forever. Uh, it's becoming so much more about the players and the teams. And football is kind of similar. Uh, baseball, we still have these guys on these mammoth contracts, uh, which is really surprising considering some of them have been very recent, uh, you know, with Harper, Machado, uh, Trout even. You know, these are these are huge 10, 11-year deals uh, that I think will go away from baseball as well. Uh just because ultimately they're not good for the owners and soon they're not going to be good for the players because the players are going to see what's going on in basketball and football and think, Hey, I'd actually like to be a free agent again in two years and test this market all over again and try to get that 30 million a year up to 37 million a year, that kind of thing. Um, But yeah, I I mean, I honestly don't, I don't know that they're going to play baseball in March. I no, I mean it's it's yeah. We're sitting here talking about all oh, these important trades or acquisitions, and and they can be meaningless. I think there'll be a season at some point. I don't necessarily think that it will begin with spring training at the end of February, uh, and and so on through. No, it's and again we can't tell because they are so. It's been very secretive. Uh, it's amazing that there aren't more leaks. Uh, but uh, yeah, and we're we're sitting now. December first is the deadline. Uh, we're recording this on November seventeenth, so two weeks from today, uh, the contract expires, and at that point, it becomes a lockout situation. Unless they now they can extend, they can say we'll give it thirty more days or or whatever. But if they don't do anything. That's it for a while. Well, we're definitely looking at the extension. 
I I think there's a hundred percent chance that on December what what's the date for it? The first? December first. December first, yeah. I think December first we're certainly going to hear uh we're certainly gonna hear on December first that they're adding time to that because two weeks I mean the the fact that we have no information about this thing and we're two weeks out and and they are keeping such a tight wrap on it uh does not bode well for a December first glorious reveal that they've come to an agreement uh so I think there's a hundred percent chance that they will be letting us know about an extension on November thirtieth or something like that uh but i you know i I read a lot about whether or not this this season's going to happen. A lot of people think absolutely not. Some people think there will be no season whatsoever. If that were to happen, what do you think happens to baseball? It craters. Uh, I don't think it craters indefinitely. If it comes back strong the next year and there's a good storyline somewhere. You know, like McGuire and Sosa after the last time around, even though it turned out to be a very tainted story, it was a big story. Um, unless there are those kinds of things, it, I mean, you, you lose. P- people just, oh, guess what? There's soccer over the summer, whatever it may be. Something will fill in that gap. And people will get, well, you know what? Turns out I enjoy watching golf on TV. I never thought I would. <laughs> Um, it, it, these things can happen and you're going to lose a percentage. Most people will come back because most of us are diehards and we've loved baseball since birth and, and so forth and so on. We'll come back, but most is not enough for them. They need everybody coming back. It's been a big growth. Everybody plus, plus more. Yeah. And it's, it's a growing thing and you need that to spread around. Boy, this is really cool and friends and family and whatnot. And then we grow, uh, and then TV, I don't, I don't, your TV contracts are, are shot. They've got huge new TV contracts, just humongous, uh, which would be interesting to see the owners let that die. I, I can't seem that that can happen. Jerry will go crazy because he's got a brand new huge TV contract too, one of the biggest in baseball. Um, yeah, so yeah. That that is the downturn, and probably by uh, a couple a uh, couple of shows from now, we'll have some sense of where it is going. But it is it is not going well. It's more fun to sit around and talk about. No, I don't think we'll pick up a good second baseman. Um, meanwhile, speaking of good uh, awards week, uh, Dallas Keuchel got his what is two hundred forty third Golden Glove, I think. I mean, which is I, which is nice because this may be his last year as a professional baseball player. So so. He, well, it is. It is. Uh, yeah, it's it's great. I mean, Keuchel's a great fielder. It's a it's a well deserved award. Um, I definitely and in the tradition of Mark Burley. Yeah, I you know, I along with others were curious as to how you can win that award when the balls are always leaving the infield in the park. But uh, you know, maybe he watches the ball. Yeah, that's, a, that's the kind better. of an habitual award. Guys win that. Pitchers win that over and over and, and over yeah. again. And Greg Maddox, deservedly, but I, he had at least 100 of them. Uh, and, and your crafty pitchers 
crafty lefties, usually like like Burley and Keiko, but a crafty righty uh, like Maddox. And it goes back to, I think, Bobby Shantz may have been the very first one. Uh, your craft, prototypical crafty lefty. Uh, that kind of, now Bob Gibson one, who was about the least crafty guy. <laughs> just take this and swallow it, sucker. That's <laughs> what he did. But uh, yeah, a lot, a lot of that. Other awards, uh, we did not get any gold gloves other than Keiko. We did not get any Rookie of the Year or really any votes, which no surprise there. Uh, and the gold glove, I, I think, obviously, Luis would be in the running, but he, he just played so little bit. Yeah. Be I mean, if, if Luis plays a whole season, he wins the gold glove in center field. No, no rookie. Uh, and again, no reason for there to be a rookie. There wasn't anybody in contention. Manager of the year, uh, which in the American League, no big surprise, Kevin Cash. My pick would have been Scott Service, who came in second, because I thought what he did with Seattle was uh, superb. Uh, but you got guess, Cash. I mean, for Tampa Bay to compete in that American League East is crazy. Exactly. It's it's one of those things where at first I'm always I, I'm like, how did Scott Service not get it? This was a, a manager whose team we thought was going to maybe be in the basement of the ALS. Well, they would be ahead of the Rangers, but, you know, just above the basement of the ALS. And then you look at the Rays and you're like, but the Rays are, how, why does Kevin Cash get it? The Rays are always good now. And you're like, yeah, except they are also still kind of a bunch of nobodies. So especially and, after and, last and on, a, gets on a payroll about a quarter the size of the Yankees and the Red Sox. And That's Toronto. what I mean. They're, they're, they're financial nobodies. So it's, uh, I, I just t- watched Moneyball last night, incidentally. So I'm really big on the financial nobody. Oh, really? Was this your first time? Yeah. I mean, I was very familiar with it and I read it, but I, I had not seen the movie. So mom, your mother was gone. So I thought, well, I'll watch Moneyball. I um, watch Moneyball a couple times a year. I love that movie. I think it's um, great. That- then manage, oh, uh, on manager here, Tony LaRusso the great Hall of Famer baseball person with whom you may be familiar, came in sixth. How on God's name did he come into the top six? He had no first place votes. How he had any second place votes, I don't know what he did. One of them was Scott Merkin, the, the duty butt kisser on MLB.com, who was paid to say things wonderful about the White Sox and is not really a reporter of any kind. Um, but there were actual... I guess kind of reporters, one guy from the AP that, that Tony in the third place vote or something like that. How the hell? Well, you got to <laughs> I mean, a team that should have won a hundred some games in that division. Yeah. Those votes. I, I'm actually really relieved LaRusa got sixth. I mean, I, I had a big fear that he was going to be in contention for the title without deserving it in any way, shape, or form, which was just going to make all of my arguments on Twitter a lot harder. Uh, and fortunately, he did not. I mean, people were going to vote for La Russa. Like, people just, there are people out there where Tony can, for some reason, do no wrong whatsoever, even when he pretty exclusively does wrong. Um I'm I'm thankful he just didn't end up higher in that voting. That, but you know, regardless of where he ended up, we still have him next year. So whoopee! And um, I I think for as long as uh, I'm alive anyway, probably not as long as you're alive because he won't be alive. But uh, you know, uh, Jerry Reinsdorf uh, apparently he's got another good thirty years in him, and 
you know, he'll bring his old buddy along. He, he can hobble out there, do the the, the Russo turkey trot, and uh, stay. I, I, <laughs> I mean, the one thing that comes that's good about Larusa is when you watch a game and he comes out of the dugout and he looks like he's going to run. It's pretty exciting to watch. It is. I know, I know is. my wife is very much, I'll be like, oh, LaRusse is mad, and she'll come flying in from another room, and she'll be like, is he going to run? <laughs> uh, just to, she calls him flat butt Tony because uh, she <laughs> loves seeing that flat butt glide all the way out to the uh, pitcher's mound. Um, oh, what a word we forgot. Liam, Liam Hendricks, reliever of the year in the American League. Not a big surprise back, there. Back Probably not – not really the best saves percentage record, but with Hendricks, he is so entertaining. And this game is about entertainment. He's the most entertaining guy you can possibly think of out there, in addition to being a great guy in general. But I mean, it's just fun to watch Liam Hendricks on the mound, even when he's maybe especially when he's not having a good day. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, if, if they can microphone him on a bad day, there's no better television. You know, I'm a, I'm a huge <laughs> fan of succession on HBO, but it's got nothing compared to a mic'd up Liam Hendricks on a bad day in terms of language and, and uh, anger, volatility. Uh, I mean, I, I think he absolutely should get that award. Yeah. It's, it's tough when you're a White Sox fan, cause you see him and you just think, man, I don't know if Hendricks has really been doing it. I don't know if he's been that good, but he's actually been great all year. Uh, our expectations. It's just on the days the slider isn't working, it's a problem. But yeah. most days it's working, and he is just those cases. He is so dominant. Yeah, and I, I mean, I think that's a, a great award. I'm glad Liam got it. I think he deserved it. And you can point to a couple other guys in the AL, and uh, there's arguments for them as well. But when it comes down to it. Who's the most fun and good person to watch close out a Major League Baseball game? And the answer, hands down, is is Liam Hendricks. Uh, so that's a that's a good good award. Uh, in terms of other awards, we have some that haven't come out yet. Uh, right, no MVP yet. Uh, Cy Young. Cy Young will come out today. It will come out in about four and a half hours. Lance uh, Lynn up for that. Lance Lynn up for that. Highly unlikely he'll win Won't it. get it, but he's um, NL Cy Young, they're talking about Zach Wheeler, uh, which, you know, four months ago was not someone in the conversation. So that's interesting. Uh, uh, Wheeler's then, fantastic. Then the uh, the MVPs, uh, first off, it has to go to Shohei Otani. I mean, he's, I think, right. got to be unanimous at this point. If he's not, something's horribly wrong. Um, because he was, you know, uh, he put together one of the best seasons we've seen since Babe Ruth era. Uh, and then on the other side, it's looking like it's going to be Bryce Harper, which is fine. Um, <laughs> I think, uh, you know, I, obviously these are player achievements. Your team should not necessarily go into go into account when you're when you're figuring out who, who to award these to but to have your Cy Young and your MVP uh in the NL both come from a team that horribly underachieved disappointed didn't even make the playoffs I feel weird about that I I don't love it I mean obviously we've given Mike Trout the MVP 45 times and as I've mentioned I if you haven't been listening 
the Angels are always a disappointment. Uh, but I, I do think it's a bit of a bummer to have both the the uh, NL MVP and NL Cy Young come from a team that really underachieved dramatically the entire year uh, and were sort of a, a headlining disappointment. I don't know how you feel about that, but it's a... It's weird to me. It's weird. You usually see, you know, they always say in the NBA, like if you're, you'd be the best player in the world if your team doesn't make the playoffs. You're not, you're not getting an MVP. Well, I, I think it is somewhat different. Well, I think it's a lot different between basketball and, and baseball because basketball is a team sport. Yes, dominated by a given individual or two or three here or there. Baseball is really a one-on-one sport in a team atmosphere. It's it's really a sport of pitcher against batter, and then it becomes batter against guy trying to catch it. Um, whereas basketball, everything's moving at at all times, and if you're not defending your guy, um, haven't helped the guy over to the side of you, and that kind of thing. Yeah, it's not not so much the case in baseball. I hear you on that, and I, I mean there is something to be said about you know for someone like Wheeler. If he gets the guy out, you know, that is his only job. It's not Wheeler's job to get the guy out and make a play from shortstop and hit the home run to tie the game. So I, I'm perfectly fine. With, Except for Otani. He's supposed to do all those Except things. for Otani, who does all of those things and is why he will be unanimous, I think, tomorrow when we learn about that. Uh, but, yeah, I just uh, – I was a little surprised that, that it's it's leaning that way. Um, but also the National League MVP race is pretty terrible. Uh, it's pretty collectively everyone knows and, and is talking about how this is a really lousy MVP here for the National League. Uh, on the other side, you've got Otani and Vlad Guerrero Jr., who would both be MVP. You know, if you moved either to the National League, they both win. Uh, the National League just didn't produce a, a real standout star. Uh, it, you know, you look at someone like, oh, it likely could have been someone like an Acuna Jr. or something like that. Um, but, you know, he was hurt very early on. The Braves ended up winning the World Series anyway. But, um yeah, I uh, it's it's kind of a lackluster award season. The only thing I can really get excited about is is Otani maybe taking a unanimous, uh, just because he is so special and uh, really good for the game. Um, but yeah, so that's about all the time we have for today. Do you have any final thoughts before we uh, wrap up this? Uh, I'm done. Uh, I'd wish happy Thanksgiving, but I guess we could do one the day before Thanksgiving, so I won't do that yet. Fair enough. Safe travels for Thanksgiving. Yes, safe travels. I will actually be coming at you from the Midwest Coast uh, for for the Thanksgiving episode. And uh, I would say let's let's skip it and come back in December, but there might not be baseball anymore. So we better do one last podcast uh, while we think there's still going to be baseball. And there might be uh, some pretty interesting moves over the next six days. So I encourage uh, listeners to keep an eye on on the market. I think it's going to be moving and moving quick and moving hot. Um, and we will see you, uh, you know, as we do our, our pre-Turkey Day eating to prep our stomachs so that we can gorge ourselves on Thursday. Um, but, yeah, 
Uh, any final final words from the geezer? Yep. Oh, love to hear it. That's the best of the geezer's final words. Uh, thank you all so much for listening to our 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 comeback episode, and we will see you uh, next time on Sharing Socks.